Tonight's episode is not about idioms. What is it about? It is about a lot of other stuff, so we'll kick this off. Welcome to episode six of the Campfire Conversation in the Moment rebrand from Campfire Conversations to the Campfire Conversation. That's not a shout out to Ohio State um, <laughs> at all. But Fuck Ohio State, but we'll do uh, it. We're trying to maximize our search engine optimization, and there are a few other competing Campfire Conversations podcasts. We're going to try the Campfire Conversation because then it, it transcends just being in front of a campfire. It's just a, a campfire conversation, which in this case is happening in front of a fireplace. So welcome, uh, good friend Mike Nobles to the podcast tonight. Mike, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, happy to be here. Um, just uh, met you guys, not through education, because I know that's the realm that both of you uh, work in. Yeah. Uh, and Jamie as well. Uh, you guys got to you guys got to work with my wonderful wife, yep. who is actually way cooler than me, Michelle. This is true. Yeah. And um, she told me I needed to mo- make more friends, and I met Jamel almost street fighting in a bar. It's another story. We'll <laughs> yeah, we'll nice. zoom right okay. past that one. And then, um, and then he introduced me to Hugo, and then Jamie as well. So I'm yeah. just happy to be here. Yeah, no, I'm glad you made it, man. This is great. We got a listener who liked. So let me just make an example here. Mike made a comment on our Instagram page. Said, "Who could a guest on the show be?" Jamie said, "What about Mike Nobles?" And I looked at Mike was one of our only commenters thus far. <laughs> So if you want to get on the podcast, guys, he's, just... he's one of our only commenters, but he's one of our tens of listeners. Tens, dude, we're we're we've crossed the two hundred and fifty mark, I think. So hundreds, hundreds of listeners. Low, low hundreds, but still, we're there, growers, not showers. There are dozens well, of us. Speaking for myself, dozens. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks. Jamel, welcome back after a hiatus. Long time. <laughs> Was it first time? Long time. First. First time leaving the podcast, long-time returner, I hope. Shout out to your brother for holding it down in my absence. He did, yeah. Shout out to Zach and our good friend Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Hey. Is it Zach or Zachariah? Zachariah. Zacharias. Zacharias. No, that would be, that's, he has a lot of variations, but it's technically Zachary. CK or CH? Uh, CH, but then he changes it to CK when it's a four-letter name. That'd be like me going from Joshua to J-O-S-C. I prefer Josh with a C. Wait, okay, so when I shorten my name, I'm, I'm derailing the whole conversation. No, that's all right. right now, we can talk about that. Okay, so like, there's like John Kennedy, but it's for short for John is Jack, right? Jack is short for Jonathan. There you go. Chuck is short for Charles. Yeah. Dick is short for Richard. Uh, right. Bill is short for William. for William. But like, wh- how, who makes these things? So why couldn't it be Z A C K as opposed to Z? Some people do spell Zachary with a K and Zachary. But H. if I was being, if Zach was being consistent with his spelling, he would have done Z-A-C-H as his I guess my question right? is, who makes the decision of shortening the names? Well, who, white people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple I, white people. I mean, I, I felt like that's what I wanted to say, <laughs> but I was yeah. just, uh, I held back from that. Well, have you, have you seen the <laughs> show? Don't, <laughs> don't hold back. There's not a lot of holding back. I was right. just like, if my first thought was white people. Yeah. That theme will pervade. (laughs) You're welcome, Welcome, I'm sorry. Welcome to The Campfire Conversation, Episode 6. So, it is our Christmas special. We have our um, stockings hung, we have our fireplace roaring, and we have some Christmas questions. Jamie, please contribute if you feel obliged. Mm. Um, 
You got previews of three of these. Rapid if you fire? paid any attention to it, great. If you didn't, there's about five others. These are rapid fire, right? Rapid oh, fire. Okay, here we go. Short, if I like your answer enough, I'll ask for follow-up. All right. <laughs> if it's not good, or if it's brilliant, I won't say anything else. All right. Jamal, you can start. We'll whip around. First word. What do you mean, whip? That comes to mind. Fuck. <laughs> when I say this word, like word association, Christmas. Carol. Christmas. 7-Eleven. Decorations. Decorations. 7-Eleven? Presents. <laughs> yeah, Under the seven. tree. Okay, Mike, you got to go on that. 7-Eleven. Yeah, what's yeah. the <laughs> You know, long story short, my, uh, I'm half Filipino, so when my mom came to this country barely knowing English, the first job she ever got was working at 7-Eleven. So every Christmas Eve and Christmas, she was always working at 7-Eleven. Ah. Oh, so okay. that, that's where my memories start. Did you go? Were you like? I was all. We were always there. That was our tradition. She That's would, cool. She would work until midnight, and then after midnight, we would all come home, open our gifts, mm. and then in the morning she would go. And then my when I was younger, I would just stay home. Or uh, when my sister was born, we would just stay home together. Mm. And hang out. Shout out to the immigrants. <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah, yeah. That we need that shout out right now. All right, first word that comes to mind. Thanks for sharing that, Mike. That oh, no is. Worries. I didn't know that. I knew the Filipino part, but I didn't realize how proximal it was to your upbringing here. Thank you for that, Mike. Yeah. Oh, no worries. First word that comes to mind when I say elves, Mike. Children. Jamie. Movies. Jamel. Will Ferrell. Short people. <laughs> All right. First word that comes to mind when I say the three wise men. Jamel. Myself, Mike, and Josh. Oh, Jamie cut out of that one. Thanks. Good call. <laughs> well, actually, bad call. He's in charge of this whole freaking show. All right, Mike. <laughs> three I, wise men. I literally thought nobody in this room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, we'll explore that in a Frankincense. <laughs> Frankincense. Jamie. Uh, Palestine. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the North Star. What is Frankincense, by the way? It's a... It's a, um, there's Franken, what, okay, let's see if we can name that real quick. Three, what were the three things that wise men myrrh, and no one remembers the other one. Was it silver, or it's like patchouli? I'm, I'm a thousand percent <laughs> sure it wasn't patchouli. I mean, maybe, it was the Middle East. Does any of, none of us know the third thing? I feel I, 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 I stumped oh, I myself on this my question last away. week. What is it? Frankincense? Myrrh. Frankincense and myrrh. Gold? Was it, it was gold? A, it had to be a gift. Of, How I, do you spell myrrh? Like, one is like an it's incense. Frankincense, myrrh, and gold. Yeah, there gold. There, there was. Is. Okay, so gold, obviously. <laughs> what is myrrh? <laughs> I, was say, that, I don't know what One person is. brings like gold, an and they're looking at the other two assholes like, what, are you, what am I going to do with frankincense when I got gold here? <laughs> anyway, Buy more sorry. frankincense, man. It's good stuff. It's an essential oil, myrrh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Myrrh is an oil, and frankincense is, is like an incense. Uh, that what makes it essential? Sorry, I'm di digressing. My bad. Go ahead. Like you, that assumes there's a plan. Essential elements of a like, <laughs> like plant. Like vegetable yeah, oil? See, that that's means the not guy the essential gold. oil. That's kind of just the shit that you squeeze out. I don't know. I think it's. I like don't more. think you can get oil out of vegetables. <laughs> yeah, literally, dude. Vegetable Olive oil. oil. Yes. I mean, have Canola you squ oil? have you ever squeak squoes? I a cucumber? <laughs> what? I they find plants. a way. I, I don't know plants. if cucumber makes oil. Like uh, it's a vegetable. Like an like an herb. 
Like we, uh, we definitely have to cut this uh, part. All right. <laughs> no, we don't. But we're going to move on. Worst present you've received, witnessed, or gave somebody. This is a shout out to my youngest son, Callum, who came up with this question. Shout out to Cal. All right. That's Anyone funny. can take this one. Worst present you've... My, my um, parents-in-law, shout out to the Robinsons, are great. They are really big on gag gifts. So I think the second or third Christmas that I spent with them... Um, <laughs> great story. Anyway, second <laughs> or third Christmas I spent with them, they gave me a pair of Bronco slippers. Ooh. <laughs> and if anybody knows me, I am a diehard Raider fan. Yeah. I wouldn't even touch the fucking package after I un unwrapped it. How long it was hilarious, you... and I was pissed the entire time. Did you talk to your in-laws after that for... No, we didn't talk a couple for about days. a good six months. Yeah, that was... <laughs> you guys have recovered. <laughs> mm -hmm. They bought you some Raiders boxers, I heard, or briefs. Um, that's weird. How did you know that? It's a joke. It's yeah, it is a joke. But we we <laughs> know mean, it's true close. too. I don't know. He might know that information. Yeah. About it. All right, Raiders or a Broncos slippers, uh, Mike. You know i I don't have I don't have a worst gift. I just have when I thought about that when I when I saw the prop for it, I was just like I could only think of one thing, and it was just as uh, as a kid, big into GI Joe. Mm. There was this massive space station that was the, the Hasbro toy set. And it was just, I have no idea how physically tall it was, but I just know it was taller than me. And my mom, well, again, she's Filipino, so she's short. So it's taller than her. <laughs> and I opened it. I mean, is it? I mean, she's my mom, and I'm, we're not going to go there. <laughs> so anyway, I just remember it. I unwrap the whole thing. I'm excited. We're putting it together. I don't know what happens other than somebody, whether my dad or my mom, says, like, oh, it's missing parts. So we got to take it back. And I'm like, okay, that's fine, because, you know, we'll just get another one. I never got never that. Never got another one. Never got it again. How old were you when this happened? Oh, I don't know. Hmm. I, I'd say maybe Estelle. So my daughter is nine, so I was probably around nine, because it's a very core memory for me. <laughs> so he's on to that. It yeah, is a very dude, core that's, memory. I'm going to just jump right on that and <laughs> piggyback. I had several Christmas gifts returned. Um, because they broke within like a day. I had think three or four times. And one was like a, maybe it was a drill set, like a kid's drill set. One was like an electric, like motor car track. And I think this question came up last night and we we're just talking about it. And I think my more memorable gifts were the ones that broke because I think it's traumatized me to like, just like, don't get your hopes up, everyone. Like, it's likely <laughs> to go back to the store. It may not ever come back to you. It's like, oh, we'll turn this into your birthday gift. And it did become a birthday gift. My parents were generous with everything they had. And it was also just like, you know, best intentions. But like when you're eight and you're like, man, I can't wait to, oh my God, I got a race car track and then it breaks. Ugh. That happened like three times. So that's my not worst gift. Well, I guess it is. That's a pretty bad gift. The gift you that's go, broken. You guys, are, you guys are bringing me down right now. You I guys mean, are I, I did. Right hey, now. man, did you? The question's you, a negative prompt, but Jamie. All right, I'll take it home. Take it home. Um, <laughs> years ago, my family used to do like Christmas vacations, like all in one, like VRBO. Like my brother and his kids, my family and my kids, my stepmom, my dad, my sister. Everybody. Everybody and like a. Big house, but not a you know big, not quite enough bedrooms to have it feel like. Um, Somebody sleeping on the couch. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, yeah. And so my, my uh, stepmom bought like six or five like microfiber blankets in different colors. You know, just kind of couch blankets or whatever. Um, and my brother's girlfriend at the time, who 
uh, they have kids together, the twins, and my stepsister, they gotten like they both wanted the purple one, and it like <laughs> it was like so heated, and then like um, celebrity like, deathmatch style, and like my the. Uh, the girlfriend got it in the end and my stepsister was just so bent and like <laughs> so you know it wasn't a bad thought but yeah we have not done a family vacation since then. yikes <laughs> yeah. all right thanks jamie sure. let's flip this one here too and we want to pick you back up jamel all right i'd celebrate christmas every three months if i could agree or disagree disagree okay why jamel well when Great, i strong I, reaction i hate the cold weather Two. What if it was in July though? Literally, it, it was then it would December, March, June. No, because we we start whatever, celebrating August, fucking August, Christmas it, after Halloween. Like that shit pisses me off. Don't one, even get me two. On that. I'm always. It's always like, hey, we should hang Christmas lights, and the we turns into you have to go out here and fall off the fucking ladder and, and all that other shit. And like everybody wants to be super festive, which I get, but then like everybody comes up with like these cute ideas that aren't really hmm. that cute hmm. and like shit always gets like ruined somehow but like it's the idea i think the idea of christmas is better than actual christmas hmm. or people think that christmas is better than actual christmas yeah it's the advent of it the arrival of it that right. people get excited about yeah. mike what do you think three months every three months oh, yes or no oh hell no um <laughs> No. I'm already poor. Absolutely, absolutely yeah, right. not. Yeah, that it's part like, too. It's like I'm not even getting into the gift aspect of it, but like I'm a November like I'm a November baby. So and then not only that, but like I'm on the last day of November. That's my birthday. Mm, so so you're again, so, close. so now Subtle you get plug. so now you, all this marketing and then I used to be in retail too. Like like he said, as soon as we get to October, you barely you see the you see everything for Halloween, and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, like here's Thanksgiving, which I actually like because I like holiday. to eat, I like food. But then after Thanksgiving, they're like, "Hey, let's put these lights up, let's put this tree up," and I'm like, "Fuck you! November thirtieth hasn't passed. Right. Don't put up a fucking Christmas tree in my house, or if you're my friend, I better not see a fucking Christmas tree." <laughs> Like yeah, it know. happens. So what would happen with a Christmas every three? It'd just be Christmas all the time. Yeah, and, and I think yeah, I like the yeah. idea of every people being together. But at now with kids, it's just like I I ain't got money like that. No, man. I'm no. not celebrating it like that. And if I got to put up a tree or have that giant tree in my living room, shout out to my wife who I love very much. It's a great tree. It's awesome. <laughs> it's really a good it's, tree. It's really, yeah. really nice. Um, it's really good. But uh, yeah, if I have to keep going down into that basement and putting these things together, you know, um, I might uh, I might burn the trees down. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. But it looks nice. All right, so no for Mike, no for Jamel. For me, no way. I, I'll give a different reason. I agree with the one shared. I, I think it's, it, it doesn't feel special if it happens that often, mm. right? There is something nice about the season of thinking about, I mean, it's become a bastardized holiday in a lot of ways. It's become well beyond, I think, the original intentions. And all of that still said, there's still a lot of, I think it, it is a season of generosity and giving and thoughtfulness and family and the good and the bad with that. And you can build yourself up for that once every 12 months, but you couldn't build it. Would, it would just diminish the value right. is my right, point. Right, so, right, right. Jamie, last thoughts can on you this just one? Frame, like frame that question again? Yeah. Uh, Christmas every three months. Would you like that or not? 
No, I like tell my kids I don't celebrate Christmas, even though like I did growing up. They're like, "Is Santa Claus real?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't celebrate Christmas. What do you think?" <laughs> like, my my parents send stuff and I give it to them. But so it, like, I was like, "Yeah, I'm a Jehovah's Witness." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it just like starts like you give a kid a toy and then they're like the Legos, they break. They're crying about it. They want the next toy. I'm exactly, just like, exactly. things were simpler when we weren't doing toys. So once a year, it works for me and. My family cares a lot about it, so I like facilitate yeah. it. For so them. I'm sorry, real quick, not to steal your thunder, Josh. Favorite holiday no then? Thunder. Favorite holiday for me? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I think on an instinctive level, rapid fire. Hugo, answer shit, the fucking question. Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> Christmas. You got You didn't preface it with rapid fire. Shaw. Sure. Yeah. That's why I ask the questions, y'all. Oh, like, yeah, I that's awesome. answer them. Is, sure. Uh, <clears throat> two answers. Uh, the party, like, the one that's the most fun, 4th of July, which, like, mm. as, like, what I'm celebrating, I'm not really, like, yeah. Yeah. 1776, I'm, like, Indigenous People's Day, if we're talking about, like, right. I got you. an exciting holiday. Yep. But 4th uh, of July is always a good time in Philly. Fireworks and Roots put on that concert every year. Nice. 4th yeah. of July. Uh Nobles. Oh, I already said mine. Mine is mine is always going to be Thanksgiving. Yeah. I, I, again, it like when we talk about the holiday season, people being nice and all those mm-hmm. things. I like being able to reflect on things that I'm thankful for. Yeah. That and yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, but Lord knows I love me some food, mm-hmm. and I'm from the South. Just mm-hmm. every Thanksgiving, we'd go down to North Carolina. And I mean, I'm pretty sure I'd bust a gut at this point yeah. if the food was still there like that. Yeah, so it's all awesome. about Thanksgiving for me. Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Shaw on this one, but I'm gonna uh, deviate slightly. I'm gonna go with Juneteenth. Nice. Uh, cool. I feel you on the the Fourth of July. You know, f- fuck. You know, 1776 and all that other stuff. Uh, but being around family, barbecuing, it's warm outside, fireworks. I'm a big fireworks guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so that's why I'm like, I'm big on Juneteenth now. Also, shout out to uh, Riceboro, Georgia. We have uh, Dorchester, the walk to Dorchester every Juneteenth. Um, and that uh, is an event where we celebrate one of the few schools that were available to black people in the South, in, the, in Liberty County, Georgia. And that usually happens on Juneteenth weekend. So. Juneteenth is my answer. Good answer. Don't mind all of that sound. Um, <laughs> trying to tan the fire, but thanks. Juneteenth. Uh, Jamel, for our listeners, could you like do a brief like what is Juneteenth? It's the real Independence Day. And why is that? Like what is what is it's the when everybody of it? allegedly was free? Gotcha. Yeah, I think it's it's a holiday that what it was nationalized what five years ago, officially. Yeah. It's been I, big in Denver since I was little. Yeah, what? even since yeah. Denver and um, Texas is really big on yeah. uh, Juneteenth, and then now recently it's become a much bigger holiday, and now it's been federalized. I think. Is it when officially the the letter of the Emancipation and Proclamation no, reached so, so, uh, the sorry. South in Texas? Yeah, so uh, Emancipation Proclamation was signed. It wasn't until I believe I think six months later, six months later, eight nine months later. I can't remember the, the exact amount, but. Um, one of the uh, ships rolled into Galveston, Texas, okay. and people were still enslaved, and the guys got off the boat like, hey, 
y'all realize y'all free, right? <laughs> so Texas knew that you know slaves, the slaves had been enslaved, had been freed, and uh, in Galveston or in Texas especially, they didn't just tell the slaves, so they were still enslaved for several months after the uh, signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. Hey, quick fact right. check, Josh. Yeah, that's uh, 2021. 2021 Joe Biden signed uh, just two years in the okay, federal gotcha. law. Which I mean, to to bring up a point about that. So like when it became a thing, or when you were always talking about before 2021. It was, I'm not going to sit here and say it was something I didn't hear about. I have heard about it, but mm-hmm. it was so ancillary to me because, mm-hmm. like, living in the South, I, I don't want to say we did not talk about those things. We just, we recognized what was pretty much in the school books, and that's what it was, where right. I finally got to Denver, and I'm hanging out with you guys out here, and right. everyone's, I'm like, what is, are we serious? Juneteenth, like, oh, is that a thing? And then now, it's now it's, now it's a real thing, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. No, that's uh, you. You bring up tons of various points. We could just totally talk about this. Yeah, sorry, too. sorry, I, I digress. It's good. A lot. It's good. I think we've all had topic. different levels of shared experience living in the South as well, in Alabama, just for a few years myself. But yeah, the sensitivity in which these like that keep the peace, right? Keep the peace is kind of the pervasive attitude. Like, why we can't talk about this stuff? Because if we really dig in, it's going to fuck it all up. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, well, um, let's go two more questions. Sure. Two more questions. This one, hold it to one sentence, y'all, or one word. You can think about it for a second. We can listen to the sound of the fire. But Christmas, like what Christmas means to me is. What Christmas means to me is. Anyone can go ahead and See fill my that boys in. be happy. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna just kind of echo something. Like I was gonna just leave it to one word. It's 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 family, family. It's kids. Yeah. Kids. Nice. Generosity. Jamie. Uh, just slowing down. Slowing down. Yeah. It's cool. Merry Christmas, y'all. For those who don't celebrate this, uh, happy Kwanzaa. As a shared, you know, happy Kwanzaa. Happy, uh, happy Hanukkah just wrapped happy up. Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Um, Ramadan is not for a few months, but for Muslim listeners, happy Ramadan. But happy holidays in general. It's a good time to slow down, be with friends, be You can't with say happy holidays, Josh. That's a war on Christmas. I was speaking broadly because <laughs> oh, we just, we're an inclusive I'm, podcast. Yeah. Shout out to the conservatives who hate Christmas. Shout out to Fox holidays. News. Yeah, who hate the holidays. Search quote. engine optimization. Uh, shout out Megan Kelly who says that uh, Santa Claus is white. <laughs> I guarantee zero percent of Fox News <laughs> listeners even listen to this podcast, oh. and if they do, zero percent are getting through the first two minutes. <laughs> I was about to say they're not going to they're not going to make it through. Yeah, we're done with this. Yeah. Nope. All right. Um, if Market it's, share. Yeah. If it's not Jason Wilborn, I'm not listening to two black men speak. Is he the? <laughs> uh, is Will, he? Uh, no, not Wilborn. Oh no. Uh, what's his? Uh, Will cut not. Uh, gosh, Jason, Jason Whitlock. 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 Did was. you just hear him talk oh, about that shit the oh, other I, day? I think oh. I even muted him. It was on Twitter. Fox News. It, it was, was like my news feed. I'm like, why? This seems like a story that's really trying to celebrate no. some weird post-racial view on, on things from a black guy. And then I looked at what news source it was. I'm like, oh, this yeah. happened to be Fox News. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to Jason Whitlock. We're going to hashtag all of that shit. Yes. I'm going to yeah. definitely see. Yeah, he's, maybe we'll really gonna, boost our southern be, viewership. He's going to be in their comments. <laughs> exactly. He's going to be like, thanks for the shout out. Yeah, please, like, please hop on here, y'all. Okay, um, let's, so last qu- Christmas question. It will be a nice pivot. Christmas drink of choice. Oh. 
Christmas drink of choice on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Are we talking? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm that guy. Are we talking alcoholic? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I'm a big. Well, I used to be a big eggnog guy. Mm. I always wanted to throw a party called Nagi or Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Nagi by nature. Nagi yeah. by nature. <laughs> uh, in my uh, older age, I've realized that I'm lactose intolerant. So welcome to the club, man. Yeah. Uh, so vegan nog. That's vegan. All I was say. I there have, is vegan nog. I have not tried vegan nog. It's all right. It's so all right. I, I just uh, skip the nog and go straight to the the whiskey or the whiskey rum or whatever yeah. it is that you put in there. Right um, since then, I have been big on Crown. Cranberry mm. with a hint of ginger beer. That's nice. Um, That's nice. I also think that cranberry is the superior fall and winter um, scent as opposed to, say, pumpkin spice or anything like that. Okay. Cranberry is where it's really at. All right. So we got a lot of lot of pieces. I went there. a lot of ways there. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah did, we right? got a lot of options. That's very Ignite. definitive on the <laughs> yeah. cranberry. All right, Mike, what's your drink of choice? Uh, my drink of choice will always be some uh, some type of bourbon. Um, yes, sir. But at the same time, I do have I do so I'm not lactose intolerant, but there, I do have like a condition that stops me from enjoying certain things. Uh, but yeah, I will mix eggnog mm. with a bourbon or a whiskey yep. at any time. Yes, I know the thing is rum. I get that. Yeah, I don't I don't care for rum. I will yeah. just mix it with enough bourbon, and it does me just fine. Mm. All right. We got a couple of nogs, nogs here. Jamie, do you have a, a different one? A little follow up. I was gonna ask because I do like silk eggnog. You know that like brand of soy yeah, yeah. milk. And I'm gonna pick you all up each a uh, little skinny carton, and you can mix it. That's <laughs> what I was gonna ask. What can I mix it with? I was gonna like my head was saying Kahlua, mm, and I was like I don't one. even know. Oh, no, Is that that like vanilla? That's gonna be that's gonna be like super sweet. That's I like think. coffee, man. So but yeah. spice rum. You got to do so rum. Spice rum. rum or yeah, spice bourbon? Rum. Get spice rum. Get, I, get I you I a do Captain Morgan. Jamie, do you have your own personal alcohol drink? I mean, you're not a, much of a, a alcohol drinker these days. But what um, what would it be on Christmas? Yeah, yeah, I would do like a like a alcoholic nog. Do you have like a specialized Christmas shroom? It's really just like uh, the any old day experience, you know. <laughs> <on Christmas. laughs> you have a shroom that you sprinkle a little cranberry on, a or maybe question. a double dose. Eat <laughs> it with cranberries, yeah. 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 All right, uh, so three nogs. I I think for me, I my my favorite memories of Christmas drinks were with my aunt and uncle, Aunt Marianne and, and Uncle Patrick, and Patrick's uh, shout British. Out Uncle Pat. Yeah, shout out to both of them. His mom was named Pat, and uh, she celebrated some Christmases with us. They're both British. Pat and her son Patrick, but the uh, drinks we often had Belgians. Wait, can you do this in your best British accent? No, I can't. I no, can only do an Irish likely. accent. I can only do an Irish accent these days. <laughs> I love that you jumped straight into the Irish accent when I asked you to do the British. Well, accent. I can't do a British accent because I lived in Dublin for like seven months, and so I, I found myself unable to like replicate a British accent. You could just try on camera and see no, how it sounds. Yeah. Oh. What is a word British people say? Bloody. Uh, blood. Blood, bloody L. Bloody L. Bloody L. Um, but no, that was Shout always nice. So a good Belgian beer and whiskey, which brings us to the whiskey that we're drinking tonight. So, You're so good at segues. That is one of my, I'm going to put that on my cover letter, um, <laughs> is segues. And uh, this segue is leading us to our kind of midsection of the show um, where we talk about a local bourbon or a local whiskey. And so this is featuring a place I just visited. I visited them like five, six times. It's, it's fun. 
Uh, it's just outside of Winter Park. It's called Fraser Valley Distilling. Um, I know the uh, like. Shout we out to Fraser, Colorado, by the way. Fraser, yeah, it's a cool little town. Um, if you ever come up to ski and go to Winter Park, it's like five, ten minutes past it. Um, I found this distillery last. Great tubing up there. Great tubing in Fraser. Yeah, there is a yeah. They're right. We yeah, Sledding Hill, Fraser, Sledding Hill, Tubing Hill. Um, the distillery is good. It's relatively new. Um, Barry is their chief distiller, and his daughter Jenna. Um, I just talked to the other day. Shout out Big B and Jenna. Yeah, they're great. And uh, Barry and um, I, I met him uh, almost two years ago. I was hanging out at the place. We, Lindy and I, stopped. We we're staying up in Winter Park, and um, we stopped at the distillery. And we met B- Barry, and he was walking around. He is, you know, somewhat petite. Uh, upper, you know, 50s, early 60s maybe guy, re- somewhat retire, retired age, and just so energetic, and he was getting up to every customer. I don't know who he was, and he explained he was the distiller, and he just um, really kind of picked this up as a passion on the side and then opened this distillery. And uh, a lot of their whiskeys were uh, made initially, so we don't need to get into the depths of it, but early on when you open a distillery, the challenge is you need to be able to open and serve people quickly, and whiskeys take time, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And you can make some dis- some other spirits quickly. Uh, your clear spirits can come out fast. Uh, former distiller, Jamel Austin as well. Um, <laughs> Don't tell that to the people. <laughs> it's kind of illegal. We tried it. It was fine, but it's, you know, takes some time to figure out the skill. Anyways, I'm getting, getting off track here, but yeah, Barry and their team was, you know, making these whiskeys that would import some juice from uh, Indiana, which is very common practice. And the one we're drinking tonight is the double Colorado, double barrel Colorado bourbon. It's my favorite one. They make a ton of various cocktail like uh, liquors and whiskeys and, and non-whiskeys. This one is made, I'm 98% sure this one is made with all of the process happening in Colorado. It's a Colorado whiskey. Yeah. Oh, and it's good. really nice. It comes from water that it's comes really from good. outside of Fraser Valley, up in uh, the Indian Peaks range. But it's a fun place. I you got to check it out. Native American Peaks. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. You got to get yeah. that right. Well, they haven't done that yet. They have changed other mountain names. But Fraser Valley is, uh, yeah, right at the base of those sad mountains. Can we do a taste? And we're going to do a little taste. And then oh. we're going to talk about the importance of water. And so we try to do a little scientific bit most of the time. The importance of the kind of water, which is a specific note on this bottle pure aquifer fed water which oh. comes from the aquifer adjacent to the distillery. Mm-hmm. So let's give this one a taste. It's really nice. I'm so sorry. I've been tasting this whole time. No, we've been tasting it, yeah. Going to get a, a nose full. Yeah. Oh, so, I'm smelling is... sweetness. Sweet's always a good note. Right. A little bit of caramel. I believe it's caramel. Yep, it caramel. Smells, smells good. It smells good, yeah. And and I say this every time for if you're a first time listener, if you're coming to this for ex- expert whiskey insights, you're not going to get it. Here, not, so not the fuck at all. Yeah, no. go somewhere else. But we will um, comment as an everyman. It's an easy drink, though. Yeah, very much so. Not yeah. a lot of bite. Yeah, it's like 46 percent uh, alcohol, so ninety two proof, and uh, they keep it lower. I asked him. He's like, we're at like nine thousand feet. We get a lot of people from other states who come out to visit. You don't want to get a lot of Texans. Yeah. 
um, who come up and, you know, you're serving 105, 110 proof whiskeys. You know those people from Texas, they can't drink. No. They can't drive up here either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we could have gone on Texas about 13 minutes earlier when we talked about Juneteenth, but now is when we'll hammer those You know what we can get them on? college football when we talk about Ooh, yeah. oh yeah oh. okay um, we'll get there in a second but yeah taste what does it taste like it, it tastes sweet i think i'm tasting um almost not honey but something in that line maybe you know i'm i'm not even gonna comment on that kind of stuff just yeah, a little because maple, um, maple. You know, maybe maple. maple is what i'm thinking wow you guys are really good at this because i just think about the smoothness and how you easy don't, you it don't is. taste i mean like I, I get you know the alcohol but you don't taste like any type of flavor and think about like mm. a this gives you a little bit of a dried fruit so if you were to kind of like let the af, like the the aftertaste kind of sit in you kind of get a little bit of candied fruit as a common flavor almost like you just had like a, a i'm not gonna go as far as mango but maybe like prune or yeah yeah like a, a dark fruit yep. a yep. dark fruit. i know exactly what you're talking about yeah man it's, that's that's good i'm i'm just enjoying the yeah the, like the experience of it like as I take it in, how warm do I feel? Yeah. How that? Yep. It's good. It's a oh, nice one. You, oh, I don't know. Oh, man. Oh, you can oh, get this. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, man. No moratorium. I understood. Yeah. We, we've, we've been, I think, playing a little bit of the, the <laughs> ASMR card, too. So if you want to make those those sounds of pleasure into the microphone really deep, we can always do a quick cut on that. Hey, oh, yo. man. Yeah. What yeah. is happening? Uh, wow. Yeah. Real quick, though. Um, so that was the <laughs> double Colorado. Yeah, the, Fraser um, Valley, we are a slight liability to your brand, yes, but you're going to get people uh, to listen to this. Don't judge And they're going to love because so no one who's drinking whiskey should be that serious. Fraser, um, Colorado. But the, I think this I is called Indecision, Hugo. Oh, yeah. So we have. Tr- it's got some floaties in it. Yeah. So that's a good point. So I can't actually speak to the technical reason for it, but it is perfectly normal, especially with like small batch distillers okay. is um, I had a bottle from Peach Street as well. There is an explanation. It doesn't affect flavor. It's not a problem. But it sometimes happens where you have like little flecks of whatever kind of chemical thing happens in the distilling mm. process. Mm-hmm. It's totally normal. Mm. That one is good. Um, that's a blend of a bunch of different whiskeys. So when you finish this, help yourself to that. But oh, so Absolutely. Here we go. Let's do some facts on whiskey. Let's then, do it. Okay. So, um, water and whiskey. So, first of all, I think we talked about this on a previous show. Who knows the like the word in Russian and the word in Irish for whiskey means what? Water. Water. Okay. Water okay. of life. Yeah. The ois, oisa, I think is how you say it, or oish, o i s e, o i s e in Irish. Is there a lot of overlap between Irish and Russian? No. Well, I, I don't think so. I would Russian not think so. Uh, vodka means water of life. Uh. Yeah. Vodka, water of life. So they're they're. We'll I think that's, that. that's correct. Uh, fact check that one, Jamie. Um, but yeah, water is a big factor. So we've talked about in previous shows, like the barreling process, the mash bill, like the various elements that go into a whiskey. So water um, has a couple different roles. I am looking at notes because it's helpful. But when they mash, do the mash bill is like when you do the sour mash and you like warm it up and essentially a brewing process. You obviously need water, and mm-hmm. that water's chemical composition can kind of contribute to the flavor profile of a mm-hmm. mash. Um, and that mash process is like when they're trying to extract sugars from, you know, to create kind of the alcoholization process. 
I don't know if that's a word. I don't think it is. But I don't okay. think it is, but we'll roll, We're with, that. roll with it. Second reason water is important is um, when the distillate is going through its heating and evaporation process, where you're evaporating like the the alcohol and it kind of then drips back down into the final like it gets you have to cool it cool with it, the water right, so yep, the cooling sure. process involves the water and then for most whiskeys including this one you have to water it down at the end because mm. it's it's barrel proof percentage right. is usually 130 120 now i enjoy barrel proof whiskeys and those are the ones where you don't actually add water after it's distilled but the vast majority of whiskeys are right. distilled and then water's added to proof it down to whatever percent sure, you see yeah. here. So water's used... Uh, Otherwise, you're drinking... You're drinking white... Do no, you're drinking... Uh, moonshine. Moonshine, yeah. No. There you go. White lightning is what you're White thinking. lightning, there it is, yeah. No, no, I Yeah, straight up whiskey and, and liquor. All right, lime, so limestone. So different water sources have different mineral compositions. The This one would have its own specific mineral traits, which will flavor the whiskey a certain way. I found some facts about Kentucky. Kentucky is rich with this mineral. Does anyone know what mineral is really rich in their, their rock, their soil, their water? Slave blood. Yeah, unfortunately, that's that's very true. That mm. was not where we were going. No. Sorry. No, okay. I was... My bad. That may have soaked mm. into this kind of rock, though. Limestone. Igneous limestone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, grab some of that. Uh, Mike's going to try that. Uh, um, I mean, the first thing yeah. you think of Kentucky is a lot of things. Slavery. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm that guy. I'm yeah. tied with the Derby. Yep. Maybe. Yeah, maybe first the first. Derby. Yeah. So Mike is trying the Indecision Three. That's the um, that's a blended whiskey, and that has a lot. So Barry, as the distiller, is really into malted. Like single malts, so primarily Scotch style malted barley that has a lot of single malts, and if I'm not mistaken, shout out um, Barry again. Yeah, shout out to Barry. Barry, this um, looks great. Yeah, yeah. Barry's gonna get some visitors. I hope for those who listen, go to Fraser Valley Distilling. Honestly, I, I'm trying to like balance like not just making this an infomercial. It's not <laughs> at all yeah. intended to be. It's just a fucking good place to go. Um, so limestone in the water, not in not in this one. I don't. I doubt there's much limestone in the water in Colorado, but Kentucky, known of course for its bourbon, metamorphic. A lot of. It's, I don't know. Limestone is probably is sedimentary. Sedimentary. Yep. Yeah, um, and it flavors the water. It's a ton of limestone in Kentucky water. New York, for example, is like big about if you're not getting a bagel or pizza from New York, don't even try it. Mm. Their water content's the opposite, very low limestone amount. Mm. So, guys, um, using a lot of big words like sedimentary and yeah, limestone. just just in case anybody was paying attention, shout out to all the science teachers. Those were the three types of rocks I was trying yeah. to weave did that you, in there. Did we get all three? We did. We did. I okay. tried to weave that in there. Yep, that was good. The, a lot of rock, a lot of rock commentary in the show. Yep. Jamel you, is a like a closet camera. geologist. I'm a, possibly. <laughs> I, I think I'm out of the closet yeah, now. <laughs> he is out. Of the, yeah. uh, we love those rocks. Uh, um, rocks well, are fun, man. Do you I know am, what a person who searches for rocks is called? Crackhead. <laughs> yeah. Beat me to it. that's good. How about a how about a person who searches for rocks found in the mountains? Like the the earth rocks, <laughs> not say. the chemically created. Okay. Rock hounder. 
Mm. Right, so tell us more about that. your rock hounding. <laughs> oh, there you go. I mean, this I is where that dorky name. That this is where the that dorkiest name. Is like, <laughs> I'm a rock hounder. I am a wealth of useless knowledge. If you put me on John Jeopardy, I might win us some money. But it, outside of that, I just it's worthless. I will not. You just have to name something or talk about something extremely random, and then my brain will extrapolate something that I've heard at yeah. one point in time, and then that's just how it goes. But that's, rocks. That's, is not rocks. where it went to. Rocks. So rocks flavor the water. The water flavors the whiskey. The whiskey makes us feel happy most of the time. Um, so that's all my facts Unless about whiskey. Unless you're at rock bottom. Oh, <laughs> But if you're at rock bottom brewery here in Colorado, you may not be experiencing <laughs> rock bottom. <laughs> we'll hashtag them. We got a lot of people to hashtag. We got Fox News. We got a misprint, like a misstated um, commentator on Jason Whitlock. Yeah. Yes. But we had Jason Wilborn. Oh, Mike Wilborn. Mike Wilborn. Will Wilborn. Will, 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 Bond. Will, Bond. Will Bond. Damn all that. Cheers Jason Wilborn, Cheers. whoever he is, is going to get hashtagged. And guys going <laughs> to be like, what are we talking about? <laughs> is he so we are talking. Hey, this is a no. nat- hey, this is the least planned segue of the night. So we just went back to sports because we're going to actually talk about sports uh, for the last part of the show. Um, college football. This is not only Christmas season; it is bowl season, mm. and um, different from a bowl season that Jamie is known for. Yeah, there's oh, other bowl man, se- Every day is a bowl season in Colorado. I was going to say solid burn, but burn, yeah, ball. <laughs> burn, <laughs> oh, bowl. hey, yeah, this, yeah. The pun counter would be pretty high already. Yeah. We're right. being punny tonight. No. no explanations on this, but let's just start with some. We need a level set for our non-sports. Let's do this. Audience, um, there's you know who you are. Um, we're going to talk about college football because it is both the season, and people on this podcast are definitely amateur sports fans. And who doesn't want to listen to a bunch of amateurs, sports fans, bullshit about That's sports? That's exactly what podcast is all about. <laughs> exactly. Can I tell you, it, everybody's right. an amateur sportscaster at some point. Everyone, yeah. My mom is so serious, she thinks I should become one. I'm like, oh, you don't even know. <laughs> I'm so far from that vision and ability. All right. Uh, but shout out to your mom. Shout out to my mom. Yeah. Very supportive. One of our best listeners. She, Yeah, yeah. She travels a lot in Canada, Japan, mm-hmm. Belgium, because who else would be listening? How are the waffles in Belgium? Good. <laughs> I've I've been to Belgium, but no we're gonna s- skip my international travel dialogue. What is your favorite college sports uh, team football specifically? Jamel, go. I'm torn between the Knowles and the UGA Dogs. Go Dogs. Womp womp. All right, Mike. Uh, I will tell you, I, I came from ACC country, the original ACC. And yes, they weren't known for football, but I followed them anyway. Uh, the Tar Heels. Ooh, UNC. Drake. What Bay. exactly is not a not to be not to be uh, what's that out here in Colorado when people used to say UNC to me out here? Oh, I went to UNC. I'm like, man, you it's went to North, you went to UNC in North Carolina. Like, no, University of Northern Colorado. I'm like, man, that's not UNC. Jamal, where did you go? I'm not here to start fighting. I fight. graduated from Metro State. But before that, what college? Northern Colorado definitely got a couple of my checks. Oh. And notice, mm. notice the attention to detail. Yes, Jamel did not just say UNC. Yeah. That that is correct. I did because he he put that out there. But also <laughs> shout out, shout out to Coach Prime and the boys up there in Boulder. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Side note: I just read the stat: 99th ranked recruiting, 98th or 99th ranked recruiting hall by CU just now. Like 
out of 120 or whatever. So they're the 98th? They're, like, uh, terrible? Y- yeah. Mm. I don't know if that's true. It's the first early signing period. We'll, so we'll, we'll have uh, Shaw get on some research there. And transfer portal is Dion's thing. I don't think he is. I was about to say, it's, it, but if we're yeah. just talking about signing, I can see, I can see why that would be low. But let's figure out the transport yeah. portal and what that. At the same time, like. oh, and we'll he's t- figuring that out. But I would say, yeah, like because I mean, fuck it, let's go with that. Jamie likes Michigan. I went to Notre Dame. All right, let's go. So <laughs> Deion Sanders transfer portal. I think, uh, especially in today's day and age, with the transfer portal, NIL, and all that other stuff, uh, and it sounds terrible. But why the hell do I want an 18 year old when I can go get a 22 year old who's played the position for four years already, and I'm trying to win right now. Like, for example, offensive linemen. Offensive linemen take two or three years to develop in the first place. Why would I go get an 18-year-old kid when I can go get a 22-year-old that can block his ass off and I can win a championship now? Explain briefly. We want to do some definitions here. Transfer portal, what does that mean? Transfer portal is somewhat of a new concept. Uh, It is, let's just call it free agency for college, right? Mm. Prior to the transfer portal, uh, college kids used to have to pretty much stay at their school, mm-hmm. and if they did transfer, they would have to sit out a year, maybe two, depending right. on, on their situation, mm-hmm. right? right? So now, with the transfer portal, you can put your name into the transfer portal and put yourself basically into free agency and say, hey, I would like to go play for a different mm-hmm. school. Different schools can contact you and say, hey, come, pay f- come play for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Coach Prime up in Boulder has done a very good job of getting a lot of the kids out of the transfer portal and bringing them up to CU. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say a lot of that, but uh, that has been influenced significantly, if you will, by uh, name, image, and likeness, which is when we say NIL. Name, mm-hmm. image, mm-hmm. and likeness. likeness means that you can get paid um, off of your name, image, and likeness. And prior to this, student athletes weren't able to receive funds for their name, image, right. and likeness. Shout out Ed O'Bannon over at U- UCLA. And not paid by the school technically, but paid by affiliates or boosters. Boosters. Or correct. Whomever, whoever, whoever say I'm a, I'm a booster at University of Northern Colorado, yeah. and I have a, um, a car dealership. Shout out to Gebhardt uh, Chevrolet in Greeley. <laughs> And I want a really? kid. Really, really's been on this show four times. I want a kid to come to UNC. I can say, "Hey, I will pay you to be a representative of of my car dealership. I'll give you right. six thousand dollars just to show up and shake my hand." Yep, exactly. Or twenty grand. I mean, this has been happening forever. It's but already, now, but now happening. it's out in the open. Shout out right. to Terrell Pryor because he's the one who really got hosed by. Shout all out of to this. TP. What it, remember one of Terrell Pryor's uh, most infamous lines upon his graduation? I think he had said something to the effect, effect of, and Terrell Pryor from Western Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh, grew up rough and tumble fucking area that yep. went to Ohio State. But I his think he said, and the, I'll mix up the order of these statements, but basically at one point he was quoted saying, everybody steals, <laughs> everybody steals from me everybody steals from you everybody kills somebody <laughs> and that was essentially like oh god yeah. like oh, all right no. let's get our pr on this one i don't think he meant literally everybody but he yeah, was also, he part. also got in trouble for selling or exchanging jerseys jerseys for jerseys. tattoos Tat- exactly Which is crazy. like what, who the hell cares but so nil transfer real, portal real quick shout yeah. out to tp because he has the longest quarterback run in raider nation history 98 yards Damn. Against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe. That's that's awesome. I did not know that. Yeah, Terrell Pryor. Um, yeah, out of Pennsylvania. That's where my family, my my dad's side of the family went from, to Ohio so State. I respect it. I don't respect that, but um, 
Yeah, that was when Ohio State was like graduating 42% of their black players. Yeah. I was like, guys, come on. They're a lot better with that now, but... Yeah, it's like 47% now. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank so you. So let's the rewind Dame. a moment. Um, this question will go to Mike. What, what got you interested in college football initially? And like, are you still paying attention to it? If so, why? And if not, why not? Well, I was into it just because ancillarily, like, you know, my, my family, big into Tobacco Road when it comes to all the sports and everything like that. So if it was UNC, I was watching. Um, and then I got into at least the college football aspect of it once, like, my high school graduating class came out. So my high school graduating class came out with Ronald Curry. Um, well, another again, I'm from Virginia, so there's this guy, Bobby Blizzard, who also went to, I believe Bobby Blizzard went to UNC as well. That's when Julius Peppers got to UNC. Right. So, like, that's my graduating class from my area mm -hmm. going, to these, uh, going to these schools. Um, Julius Peppers went to North Carolina State. No, he did not. He didn't. Go, he didn't play for. Yes, he did. I'm gonna Google it. Oh my gosh, you, 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 Jamie, fact check this guy. I, and you can't Jamie's get. You can't tell me anything wrong. Julius Peppers, Ronald Curry also played basketball. Shout out to Ronald Curry because he was like Ron, the. Yeah. He was the McDonald's All American. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> there was no doubt. The camera there. will zoom in on that face. <laughs> yeah, appropriate. The, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought I heard something beep or something like that. But, like, I got into it just because, you know, Ronald Curry was the biggest thing, like, out of our area. All four years, this guy wins the state championship as a quarterback slash safety of the Hampton Crabbers. And um, so then he goes to yeah. UNC. Okay, keep going, though. Yeah, Everything yeah. else sounds serious. <laughs> <laughs> Look him up, man. But either way, you know, also shout out to Michael Vick, who went to Warwick High School and was not, I, I'm pretty sure he was recruited heavily, but not as heavily as Ronald Curry. Ronald Curry was like the can't-miss prospect out of that area. What position did he play? Uh, he played safety and quarterback. Ronald Curry? Yep. Uh, who also played for the Raiders. The Raiders as well. I, I, I don't want to like the Raiders, but the more I, I, I like Stop them. hanging out with me. No, I know, but like, <laughs> That's there's how a lot of things into that, it. But they're, like, they're a cool program. Anyways, but Ronald Curry like. went to UNC. And was John, I think it was John Bunting's first year, the coach there at the time. It was after, I think that was after Mac Brown left or went to, and he went to Texas. Texas. And then Mac so, Brown came back, right? He he's did there come now. and he's, he's there now. Right. But the hope was that like UNC was going to, like, now our football program is going to be on the map. We've gotten so close. Now we're going to be in, like, national championship. Mm. Like, we're going to be in conversations for it. Yeah, we didn't get there. No. We didn't get there. Matter of fact, the, 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 the football seasons, you know, I shouted out Julius Pe Well, I shouted out Ronald Curry and Julius Peppers, but they didn't get to the level that they were supposed to. I mean, we had Florida State. Every year. Well, you're just going up against talent that is so stocked. Absolutely. Right? You can pull out ACC schools have been notorious, other than, like, the powerhouse Florida State, Clemson more recently. And, like, pulling out a couple of excellent players, but both the fact that, for example, Duke and UNC, which have had some good ba football seasons recently, are, are basketball schools. Right? They're basketball schools first. Exactly. And you can get a couple of guys who want to be the superstar at those programs and maybe alone are like responsible for one or two more wins a season. But if you don't have depth in college football and you don't have like 
you're not stocking excellent talent on every unit, mm-hmm. you're going to be good, well, but you're not going to be great. Well, the other part about that, too, is, again, that's there's coaching, too, because as much as I hate me some Bobby Bowden, Bobby Bowden he's coached, a, he coached some damn coach. football. He's good and at coaching he, football. You know how to coach them boys up, I tell you. That's what. That's what. Um, <laughs> Love them some goddamn football. You know, like, there. if we would have had someone like Saban that could pull, like, that talent out of there, like, that was some good talent. Again, Julius Peppers played at UNC, and then you see what he did in the NFL. Like, he he was one of, like, the leading sack leaders for, like, multiple seasons, or yeah. at least at, at within the top five. Ronald Curry, again, was the consensus All-American number one and should have been one of the greatest quarterbacks to come out. But I think his downfall was going to UNC. Again, he had a right. decent career as a wide receiver. But, I mean, he beat us 42-0 to in my senior year at, like, uh, in the, not the conference, but in the um It's part of the, the Hampton, what was their name? Hampton Crabbers. Crabbers. That's, I, I, yeah. I get it. I get it. You guys can make fun. Of I the think that's a, the, you're you're the telling Eastern the truth. Dish. It's just also uh, hilarious. You, you were talking about ACC country and and <coughs> Hugo. You're talking about UNC and Duke. Shout out Greg Paulus who played basketball at Duke. Yeah, Greg Paulus. His brother was a and he played quarterback at yeah. Syracuse. He left Duke to go play quarterback at Syracuse. Yeah, and he was a big time like top target for Notre Dame. Yeah. Who and nobody wants to go to that godforsaken mm. school. Mm. Mm. Marcus, Marcus Freeman would disagree. Shout out to Marcus Freeman. Shout out to Marcus Freeman. <laughs> he's a fucking man. I, I, he's I'm, a he's a cool dude. I'm, I'm really honored to, to have the, him. Oh, I'm sorry, and I didn't mean no. to interrupt. But shout out to the original ACC that does not include that does not include the Notre Dame's Dame, a half member. Of you it. know what I mean? Those like Virginia Tech. Florida State, Syracuse, UConn, all those teams were not a part of the original Shout out to ACC. the Big East, then. Let's I was, I was going to go there. There you go. That's I also wanted, the reason why I bring up Greg Paulus, and we can get back to the questions here in a yeah. second, but Sorry. he's uh, no. one of the, one of the uh, good, like, really good, uh, well, not, I mean, this is Duke, but white basketball players that goes <laughs> to Duke, right? They're, they're really good at Duke finding Duke and those. Notre Dame have led the country in great white basketball <laughs> players for 20 right. years. Wojciechowski. Yes. Pat Connaughton, Luke Herringody. A um, couple guys who still, like Chris Quinn, who's a Miami assistant head coach, yep. and he played for Notre Dame under Mike Bray. Duke and Notre Dame the, arguably were the two programs that produced, and they were related. Mike but Bray the, reason, was the reason why I'm bringing up white basketball players because I saw a stat the other day that said Jason Seahorn was the last white cornerback in the history of the NFL, starting quarterback. Starting cornerback. In the history starting, of the NFL since starting. 2002. That is correct. They have white safeties It's been days. 21 years since there's been That's a starting crazy. white cornerback in the That's NFL. That's crazy. And they've shifted over to safety, right? So you have some great white yeah. safeties. Notre Dame's produced a few. They, Who's they the man in the Vikings? Uh, what's his face? Anthony Harris. No, uh, what's his name? He, wa- he oh, was. Who are we talking about? A white dude on the, white dude that's the safety for the Vikings. Harrison, uh, uh, Harrison Smith. Harrison, Harrison Smith. Smith. There you go. Yeah, but um, so college football for you, you were Tobacco Road. Right. What? Go go to your kind of how did you? Real, real quick, um, my dad's from South Georgia, um, so UGA was always a thing, but he was a Florida State fan. And just like with the Raiders, I kind of followed my dad when it came to that. Yeah. Um, recently, when uh, Florida State was down, I was like, I, I'm, yeah, when Florida State was down, I was Oof, like, I need another. I'm sorry, man. I need another school to 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 root for. And um, I knew some people 
Shout out to Ashley who went to UGA. Shout out to Bree who went to UGA. And I was like, you know what? Let me go check out UGA. Mm -hmm. And honestly, when I was down in Georgia, when I lived down there, I coached. And I coached with two guys. I coached middle school football. And I coached with two guys that actually played for UGA um, and got to, re to meet Richard Seymour, who also played yeah, for the Raiders. Raiders. He was a Patriot first. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. For me, I think you guys know my Notre Dame connection. Really? You went to Notre Dame? I didn't know I that. I would have never yeah. known never that known about that. you. First time listeners um, yeah. don't know that, but everyone else does. A um, vegan, a CrossFit guy, and somebody who went to Notre Dame walk into a bar. How do you know that they're there? Because they're the same guy. Because they all talk about it constantly. <laughs> They really talk Classic. about Notre Dame. And I can make that joke about anyone from Ohio, too. Shout out to Ohio. Eh. Go Browns. Eh. Do you know the Browns are named after a guy? Yes. Uh, Not Paul the Brown. players on the team? Oh. <laughs> see what you did there. No, a guy. Yeah, it was yeah. Probably Paul, Paul Browning. Brown Paul Brown. Paul Browning. Paul Brown. And their mascot is a? Oh, it's either the elf Orange or the helmet? dog. It's a dog. It's yeah. the dog. It's an orange helmet. And and they're it's just an orange helmet. It's, it's orange. not even brown. It <laughs> exactly. has a brown stripe. I, I get it, man. I, I get that my fandom it towards Cleveland is weird and then how Paul Brown uh is the reason they're called the Browns and then how his family owns the Cincinnati Bengals and how that <laughs> just seems a little long. Wait, wait, before we go okay. any further, again, we're digressing and I know Shaw's working with the cameras, but Mike, tell us how you became a Browns fan. You're a Brown. I didn't know you're a Brown. Yes, fan. I, I am oh, a Brown. You guys fan. are both very quick with the Brown. I thought that I was holding on to some unique trivia with that question. No, no. you're you're, you're like casual, like yeah, yeah, get your shit together. Paul over Brown. Here. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Paul Brown. I, yeah, um, Paul Brown. So I will. I'll admit fully. I was a Washington Redskins fan. Commander. Uh, excuse me. Hey. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. They. They. That. That was the name of the team. Um, Currently I, called the Commanders. The Commanders. You were yes. a Wolfed fan, Washington football. Team? I was. A, I. I did enjoy. I actually did enjoy that name. I did like that. What name. was their team name in between? The Wolfed. The the Washington, Washington football, football team. team. Washington football team. So and I had been a, about an Washington yeah. Commander fan. Uh, you know, for the longest time. So uh, 2012, people talk about like things that were very strong with them. 2012 was when RG3. Shout out to RG3. Mm -hmm. 2012, the greatest season ever in, um, at least in my Redskins fandom. Although I will admit to everyone my age, I saw Doug Williams live. Damn, win a Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it like that. I meant it like. <laughs> Damn, like, yes, I, nice. I watched live yeah. the 42 to 10 against the Broncos. Um, shout out to John Elway. Sorry about that. Um, we'll hashtag him too. I'm yeah, sure exactly. It's time to listen to this. Exactly. Um, but either way, RG3. Uh, I felt like he, Jay Gruden, Dan Snyder, like that whole thing was weird. I said, whatever team he goes to, I'm going to cheer for. And if he does well, awesome. If he doesn't do well, then, you know, I'll just, maybe I'll be a Bronco fan or maybe I'll go back to Washington, whatever, whatever. And um, um, so obviously we know that they didn't do well. They went 1-15. He got injured. Um, and then... I just got so used to listening to Cleveland sports radio. I didn't want to change up my routine in the mornings. I just yeah. stuck around. Funny story. Cle I mean, hey. Cleveland, Cleveland Browns had RG3. Um, Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Pep, Pep Hamilton, Hamilton as the offensive coordinator. And, and I believe their DC was black as well. Yeah, he was. It was the DC that's in um, 
That's Joe in San Thomas. Francisco. Uh, not, no, uh, um, in, San Fr- in San Francisco right now. Not Sean Desai, but whatever his name was. At that point, there, all her coaching staff was black, so I started calling them the Cleveland Blacks. Cool. Yeah, and it, yeah. it did not work out. Yeah. One in 15. Yeah, it did not work out year. with an all-black coaching staff. So did not work. I don't know or if that's good or bad. factors, but it is one of those things that <laughs> racist people will refer to. I will, yeah. I guarantee there is at least 10 posts on a Cleveland Browns board. If we didn't let the blacks have, in, have we would have won. Explicitly, yeah. with mm. no fewer than 250 anonymous likes. <laughs> We will fact check great. that, but I guarantee it because what does your shirt say? Hashtag MAGA. It's a good shirt. <laughs> it says, make racist afraid again. God damn it. I wish we could. God damn I agree it. with that. All oh right. God. Let's finish this thing off, Hugo. Well, yeah. that. So let's get to, I got some other questions. I mean, I think the reason I brought this up is it's the bowl season in college football is in a, in I would say a creative moment as a generous statement, um, <laughs> it is obviously undergoing massive change. Yep. Unregulated change. Um, it, is, it is one of those moments that I think will be only characterized as chaotic and, like, unpredictable. Like, it is, it is unpredictable at this moment in terms of the structure of college football the monetary relationship between... It's, it's a cash grab. It, yeah, it's a cash grab. It's a cash and grab. I, the reason I started with the question of why did you get into college football, and just to name for like our listeners, we just got off on like a 20-minute tangent about like just football because we're passionate about being fans, being connected to these programs, you know, invested in the alums who go on to play football uh, with teams that we also like and the NFL, which is why we talked about the Browns, the Raiders, et cetera, um, because we care about those things. And, you know, the Notre Dame connections and, like, we, we got invested in a team, whether it be through our fathers, through where we grew up, through where we attended, and then we, we stay invested in those programs and we follow the players. And it's interesting, this is not the intention, but, like, all of us talked about the people, the players, the people we follow, and that may come out in how we talk about this further, but there, the, the, the challenge, I think, for people right now is, like, what is going to happen with the culture of college football? Because really what we got to there was the culture, the connection to the team, the investment in the people and the players on the teams, the, you know, investment in what happens to the people on these teams, the records while they're there, what happens afterwards, the coaches. It's the culture, Right with the changes happening in college football, I think it's a fair and open question. Will that fundamentally change how we as fans invest in the teams, both as current fans? But will that also change how new fans choose to or not choose to be invested in these programs in the college level? I'll defer to Mike because I have a full circle moment. Yeah. I was about to say, I, I look at it like this. I'm... Because I'll, I'll I'll fully admit to everyone here, like I'm I'm probably more of a casual college football fan mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but what has been interesting being here in Colorado, getting to experience the the prime experience out here, I I think that just that in itself is what can draw people in mm-hmm. because he is a he is a character and like in. And kids are drawn to him, and people are just drawn to him. Like the story is just draw you. You're just drawn to that story. 
Whereas I think my fandom when I was younger, like it was connected to the school. It wasn't connected to the ACC, although I joked about all those things. So I think while all of that is happening on the background from, you know, the the dissolution of the Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, but even the way I'm speaking about it shows how much you can't keep up with it. You can't keep up. I think for people who are casual about it, I think as long as there is, there's a story mm-hmm. that or a character within that story that mm-hmm. people can attach themselves to, hate, love, whatever, they're always going to be drawn to that. Fair. And then the other part of it, too, for the hardcore enthusiasts of, like, every team, uh, whatever they are, I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to be stuck that There's no way you're never not cheering for an order Dame. Right. At this you know, point, it, for it me, doesn't, no it, way. Like, exactly. It doesn't matter. You're never not cheering for Florida State or Georgia, whatever happens in that in that point so i think yes we can talk about how much they they're doing all this moving and things are things are uh dissolving and all in all these relationships for them and their money grab but as the casual fan i think you're going to be locked in to whatever you feel is the thing to be locked into yeah fair that's cool That's, that's a good perspective jamel agree disagree build on that I agree, but I, I think, um, like I said, the, my full circle point is it's kind of the situation of having your cake and eating it too, right? Mm. Where um, mm. you want to be able to have the best, most highly recruited class in Ohio State history, oh, that's good. Um, but you also want to be like, hey, it's the pageantry. These kids don't need to get paid, and and coaches are making $7 million a year, but it should be you just get a good education and you should love your school and and be committed to it for the next four to six years. And nah, bro, that's not how that shit works anymore. It's full like, of hypocrisy. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's full of hypocrisy, right? The NCAA is... is uh, uh, I, I won't go as far as saying modern-day slavery only because that disrespects the point where um, our families have come from, right? But the, the, my point there is just like, hey, like... You can't say that I want bigger, better. I want 114,000 at at Tennessee Stadium, um, but at right. the same time, don't pay these kids anything. Uh, NL, NIL is ruining the game. Um, when like, hey, that's the natural progression of things. Like that's where we are now, right? So, um, to Mike's point, if you are a Notre Dame fan, you're gonna be a Notre Dame fan. Yeah. If you are a UGA fan, you're still gonna be rooting for the dogs. You're still gonna be at Sanford Stadium on Saturdays, yeah. right? It doesn't matter, um, regardless of how you feel about the kids that are getting paid now or not getting paid or whatever the fuck it is, right. you're still going to cheer for them, and there's still going to be that money out there. So yeah. just, like, it, it is what it is, bro. You, yeah. can't, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Yeah, that's a good perspective as well. I, I think, I mean, I would agree. Like, as a Notre Dame fan, I'm going to stay a Notre Dame fan because th- I think there's, there's two dilemmas. I mean, there's several dilemmas. One dilemma is the classic of like, well, you know, I can both lament this change, like, God, why is this happening? But everyone else is doing it. Yep. So, like, mm-hmm. who am I to take the lead on putting my, my, stake, my, my stake in the ground as a fan and saying, hey, Notre Dame stands against realignment. Notre Dame stands against, or Georgia stands against, <laughs> NIL, or... Notre Dame's UNC- been... Yeah, they've been independent, they've been independent forever. Independent, right, so everything. that wouldn't make sense. Except so, for know, they're in the ACC in basketball, but I digress. In all sports, in, in half of football even, but like it's, it's weird. Um, but I think the challenge is like no fan base. I think fans live in two realities, myself included. Like, oh, 
this is the good old days, right? This is just a classic example of evolution overall with maybe some needs to kind of step back and regulate where people who have seen it before and now see it currently are like, well, what the fuck's changed? Like, I, I can't get behind this. I remember the days when Rudy was, you Rudy, know, making 18 Rudy, sacks a game. You're Rudy. like, no, no, and that never happened, right? Like, so there's some nostalgia combined with um, the fact that it's just people catching up to the fact that things are changing and you will go along with it because everyone else has to go along with it. And, um, yeah, I think the question becomes, though, what does it mean, like, how will our kids describe what happens in college football? Right. I think for all of us who attended, well, we attended different places. Myself going to a school with a big... Attended. <laughs> myself going to, like, Notre Dame where there's a big right. football culture. Like, football players felt like they were part of the school, mm -hmm. right? Chinadu and Dukeway out at, you know, Cincinnati, Bengals for a number of years, friend of mine in college lived down the hall from me in the same dorm for several years. Like, he was a student, he was a dorm mate, he would, you know, do the cool things football players could do, but he would also sit down and shit talk us yeah. while we're playing, you know, Madden 2002 or whatever it was. Damn! And I know. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it like, I didn't mean it like that. that was... But that was cool. That was cool to yeah. have, like, you know, it still felt like they were extensions of the university. We all knew as classmates that football players had some privileges. And Notre Dame is a more maybe integrated kind of athlete, general student population sort of school. We also knew back, you know, 20 plus years ago that there were schools that, you know, had players who were very much separate, were clearly getting incentives and otherwise. Absolutely. That part I think will change. And the reason I'm invested personally in Notre Dame is not because I grew up with Notre Dame, but because I went there. And so for kids who get caught up on a college football program, I don't know if it would change much. But the connection to the players when you see them as essentially peers. professional, well, not peers anymore, but okay, like, sure. oh, you know, Jamel lives down the hall from me. He got he's getting paid eight hundred thousand a year to represent, you know whatever brand he's in town for, and odds are he will transfer over to see you as a junior. Like, do you invest in them as a classmate and as a fellow student, or do you see them as, as a mercenary, which maybe is what they seek to do and mm -hmm. what they deserve to be represented as? But I think that is the question for people, you know, really as members of the college football scene as – from a perspective of, you know, being at that university. Two things I'll go there is, um, is that should there be a tiered system, right, where there's, there's semi-pro, mm -hmm. right, and then there is that college for your your D2s or your D3s or whoever, like, because they, those kids are playing for the love of it, right? right. Your uh, Colorado School of Mines who just lost in the national championship two or whatever, row, two years in a row. Place. Or, or your, um, I'm not going to say Marshall because Marshall still gets some money, but like uh, Old Dominion. Correct. Middle or Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee State, somebody like that, where it's like, hey, like these kids are actually out here playing. They're not getting NIL deals like some of these kids at CU or anything like that. Um, that, I, I think like maybe that's maybe the way they, it goes is just like, hey, like, you know, you're there, there's this upper tier, this upper uh, tier of college football where it's semi pro 
or it's it's professional little league, whatever you want to call it, right? Your developmental league for the NFL. Um, I think that's the way it's going to go. But what I wanted to close out on, and, and Hugo, you can stop me here if you need to, but uh, Shaw, we'll start with you. Your favorite college football player. Who was your favorite college football player of all time? Matter of fact, we're not going to start with you. I'll start with me just to give you some time to think. I got it. I'll go for it. Again, Ted Good Jr. Who? Ted, Ted Ginn, Ginn Jr. Ted, Ted Ginn, Ginn Jr. out of Ohio good, State. That's a good Whoa. one. That's a good one. Why, Why? Ted Ginn? Uh, he was busting Michigan's ass, and I'm not really like, I didn't ride for Michigan like that. And he was just streaking, you know, down the field. And yeah, it was awesome. I think I saw, <laughs> I think I went to the game, and Ohio State beat Michigan, and I was like, that dude, yeah. He nope. played at the NFL for like, fi- oh, like yeah. 12 years. Oh, yeah. He had a great years. career. He was still playing like till a year or two ago. Yeah, he had a great career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Noble's favorite college football player. Favorite college football player? I would say it's a hard decision, but it was it it, it will go to Michael Vick. But again, I will shout out Ronald Curry again. Uh, it will go to Michael Vick because I feel like no one paid attention to college football, especially coming from Blacksburg, Virginia. Shout out to the state of Virginia, yep. the Commonwealth. Um, Michael Vick was probably one of the most electric if not the most electric college football players in in history he was so fun uh, yeah. as far as electric football players uh mike Don't vick is there mine. okay reggie bush oh damn it but wait but wait but wait oh reggie that was bush. my answer but my favorite football player of all time charlie ward wouldn't be a michael uh, vick if it wasn't for charlie ward florida state Florida State. 93. Florida State. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who did they lose to in that famous Wait a, wait a, game? wait a minute. Oh, he's bringing Chill up the wait. loss. Chill out. There it is. <laughs> 1993. Uh, Notre Dame beat Florida State, what, 35-34? Why right? I was going to say. Why left? Uh, yeah. How old were you guys when that happened in 1993? Eight. God bless. I might have been. I am so fucking old. <laughs> yeah, you're old as fuck. Hugo. <laughs> Favorite college football um, player. So I'll go two ways. I I thought Reggie. Bush, oh, you go two ways, huh? Oh, no. Sometimes oh. three. Pause. Oh Jesus! What is that even? What offense, are we, offense, defense, special teams. What are we doing? Yeah, what are we doing? I, so my favorite offensive player, Reggie Bush. Man, I thought he was so like I watched him play Notre Dame in two thousand and six when we rushed the field only to be called back onto the stands <laughs> after they the bush realized push. the bush push right bush before push. the bush push. Yeah. Well people forget is that there was a fumble out of bounds by USC but since it went forward um, it got returned to the spot it got returned to the spot of the foul and it did not go to Notre Dame um, and then the next play was the Bush push but Reggie Bush was just like watching a cheat code yeah absolutely. I thought he absolutely. was just so fun to watch uh, Notre Dame and USC of course are huge rivals and watching Reggie Bush was just so exciting the second probably in this order though I would say is Golden Tate out of Notre Dame and Golden Tate, who's had a great had a great NFL career too. He was like for years the leading like broken tackles receiver in the NFL. Mm. He was just so elusive and so strong. Seahawks, I, I, Seahawks, yeah. yeah. I remember a play at the end of his career at Notre Dame. He was playing with like Jimmy Clausen, and he never really was part of a great team there, unfortunately. But um, at the end of the bowl game, like. Oh shit! Fifteen years, seventeen years ago, however long it was, twenty years ago, um, there was a play in which they threw up a hail mary at the end of this game against like 
I don't remember, is some directional school. Western was, Middle Tennessee, yeah, State right. of yeah, Catholic, right. Nazarene. And it was triple coverage. And he, it was of Washington Christ. State. It was actually Washington State. Um, and he caught this ball over three. Like, he was a cheat code, too. And he was underrated in college because Notre Dame wasn't a great team with their record. But he was like, he had multiple punt returns, multiple touchdown re- uh, kick returns. He was crazy good. And if even if you didn't like Notre Dame, I would say look at Golden Golden Tate highlights. Totally worth your time. Uh, speaking of Reggie Bush, shout out Lindell White. Um, Lindell White. Lindell White number is, two. Yeah. Lindell White is awesome. Yeah. My guy. We're, we're happy you're back healthy and everything now. So Absolutely. Shout out Lindell White. Is Lindell White the big boy of his team? Just like Reggie Bush was Andre 3000? Mm. Is that a fair I, I analogy? See, I see the comparison I see you're making. Doing. And I see what he's doing. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'll go over yeah, that. I'd, I'd yeah, say I'd say that was, that was pretty slick. Yeah. I, you know, I caught that. Yeah, yeah that's pretty a good. good. I yeah. thought there's an analogy available there. Hey, shout out <laughs> shout out Vince Young and Cam Newton, both bust Michigan's ass in bowl games. They were really good. <laughs> for, for Shaw to be a Michigan man, he really hates Michigan football right Which now. Which is well, great is, because yeah. when you're that close to the fire, you know what's going on inside of it. Yeah. And, and you know um, what? I, I, I will say this. Shout, shout out to Hampton University. That's where I actually went to, uh, where I matriculated to. I did not yeah. graduate, <laughs> but I did go there. And then that means shout out to Isaac Hilton. I'll let you guys look up what he is infamous or famous for, but he did get to play in the league, so that's all that matters. Yeah. I never played in the league. Did you? I absolutely did not. I am a tennis player. Jamel? In what age did you realize you I, weren't going to be in the league? I was going to say, what league? Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew for it from yes, jump. I, yeah, I, was, yeah, I, I, I am great at the uh, YMCA league. Yeah. Um, I knew from birth that I wasn't going to be in anybody's <laughs> league. You should have a conversation with yeah, a few people here um, about their... The NFL is very hard to get to. Well, we're going to close off with some gratitude. Uh, for the holiday season. So yep. we'd love for each of you guys to just share with a little bit about like. You know lots, who I'm gra- grateful yeah. for? I'm grateful for Landon. Yeah. Shout out Landon. Shout Absolutely. out to, to Landon. Uh, I'm also uh, grateful for Cowbell. Um, <laughs> yeah. You've been calling him that for eight years. Since now. he was That's born. I'm grateful Cowbell. that you've been able to call him that uh, for eight years. Those are my guys. They've, they've been around for quite some time. Uh, they, have, they have leveled uh, Mr. Hugo out. Um, very <laughs> thankful for them. Um, I'm also very grateful for you guys. Thanks for having us here. Yeah. Uh, Mike, thanks for showing up. Uh, and Shaw for being the man behind the wheels of steel. Yeah. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thanks, Jamel. Mike, gratitude for this holiday. Oh, man. Oh, shoot. Okay. I will, um, first of all, I am thankful. Well, I'll just keep it simple. I'm, I'm thankful for all of you, um, which will lead me to what I'm the most thankful for. But uh, it's being here in Colorado for, I mean, since 2012. I, I mm. can't do math at this point because it feels like it's been so long. Um, it's, I'm thankful for the opportunity to, to have known you guys for as long as I have and then to be in this medium, in this space with mm. you. Like, this is, like, it's amazing. Again, I... Yeah. At watching the last episode with your with your brother is kind of what just kind of locked me in. Right on, um, man. But I would not have that friendship with you all if it were not for my spectacular 
spectacular wife, which is what I am most grateful for. Right yeah, on, I don't man. understand why what she even sees. I, I don't know either. I think she just likes reclamation projects. Yeah, I, I could see that. Shout I, out to shout out to, to Michelle to Michelle Nobles. All right, um, Jamie. Yes, yeah, so definitely thankful for this space. Josh and Lindy uh, let me shoot some music video promos here. Previously, that's awesome. We're going to be back. Thanks in advance, Josh. Yes, sir. Um, thankful, thankful for y'all. I like uh, moved to Colorado and everyone felt like uh, like I didn't have any like old friends out here. But now it's like you said, like 10 plus years. And it feels really yeah, good to be right in the space. Like, uh, yeah, thanks. Feel grateful for y'all. Healthy family and uh, yeah, working on the happy, you know. Real quick for Hugo, shout out to Lindy, dog. Like, I'm thankful mm-hmm. for her because, like, I don't yeah, understand sure. how she puts up with Hugo's shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, me too, man. Absolutely. Takes care of Long Hill and Cowbell. Yes, sir. Um, so shout out to Lindy. Really, shout out really to thankful Lindy for her. For sure, for sure. Um, well, yeah, cheers to all of you guys. I appreciate it. I think I'm grateful that, again, I think you said it better than I could for the space, for the friendship, for the opportunity to kind of be these these amateur. By when I say amateur, like amateur philosophers, but the wisdom of life, the, the you know the depth of friendship, the the both the seriousness and like the the realist like non serious way in which we all approach life is just kind of a place to be grateful for. Thank you guys for being here. Merry Christmas to everyone who's listening. Thanks to Fraser Valley for for great drinks. Uh, Mike, Jamel, Jamie, appreciate you guys, um, and thanks for our listeners as well. Happy Festivus. Happy Festivus. And until next year. Until next year. Yeah, we'll see you all next year. Law's Whiskey House will be hosting us on January 13th. I think that's the date. And excited to do a live show at an off-site location. Oh, my so, God. I'd love to be there for yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a select guest list. Anyone we want to come, can come. Shoot I me a message. Absolutely sure. Cheers, y'all. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Happy holidays.